You're listening to New Life Today with Lawson Whitson, where we encourage you to stay strong and keep the faith with life-relevant Christian messages on the go. If you enjoy this podcast, share it with your friends and family and give us a positive review wherever you are listening. Now here's Lawson Whitson. Amen. Connected is this year's theme. I'm now bringing a second message in our series, Come Closer. Come Closer. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. I'm reading from the Old King James Version in our opening text. And it reads like this. And the Lord God said, God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make and help me for him. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam see what he would call them and whatsoever Adam called every living creature that was the name thereof and Adam gave names to all cattle and to the fowl of the air and to the beast of the field but for Adam there was not found a helpmeet for him and the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam and he slept and he took one of his ribs closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. Adam said, This is now bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave, say cleave, unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. Amen. Amen. The title this morning, Cleave. Cleave. Look at your neighbor and say, Cleave. I'll explain in a moment. Can we pray, Father God, touch my heart, touch my mind with your word today. God, I pray that you would anoint me to speak your word that you've given us, draws closer to you closer to each other. I pray for every couple. I pray for every family under the sound of my voice today. And we'll give you thanks for it in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. This year, our focus is on connection or in other words, relationships. First in importance is our relationship with our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Last week, I taught how to come closer to God. If you missed it, check it out on the archives or uh, on, on part of our media. We, we store all of that. It's readily available. And last week, as I've already said, we committed to a 21-week fast of one day per week and 21 minutes a day each day of devotion, which would include maybe prayer, Bible reading, in quiet time alone with God. And I was so pleasantly pleased when I asked for that commitment. We had hundreds of hands to go up in the air. And I so believe in this as part of our everyday uh, uh, mindset as a Christian that prayer and fasting should be the normal for God's children. Amen. We understand the power of prayer. If you grew up in or around church or you had a family member that did. You, you've heard many messages on prayer. But I want to tell you today that fasting is equally as important as prayer. 
Because fasting positions you. And prayer petitions God. Some people will pray, but they're praying out of relationship with the Lord. Something about fasting and seeking God. He said, you shall seek me and find me when you search for me with your whole heart. But on the whole connection thing, this week I'm discussing the second most important relationship in your life. And this relationship is so important, it can tremendously affect your number one relationship, and that being your relationship with God. Today, as I had you to repeat, my title is Cleave. Cleave, a definition of that means to, do we have that word you can put on the screen? Cleave to adhere firmly and closely or loyally and unwaveringly. Amen. Let me read that again. Cleave, because that's an odd word. And I read from the old King James because the other versions do not use that. But I was intentional on that this morning because, and I only find it one place in the Bible, the word cleave. When God formed marriage, he said that a man is to leave his other obligations and priorities and his wife is to become his obligation not obligation in a bad way but in a good sense in other words his first priority and his first commitment ladies you're missing the cue to say amen okay i gotta cue you here i gotta help you out with this there it is cleave put that back up a sec there you go to adhere firmly that means hold tight and closely, I won't say or loyally, I will say and loyally, and unwaveringly. Amen. So, you know, I don't know if some of you can remember way back when you were married. Your eyes were glassed over and you were just, couldn't wait to go on a honeymoon. I'll leave that there, but. You, you, you said, I will and I do to some things you probably don't even know. I marry many of you, and I, I just look at your eyes, and I kind of get tickled. I'm like, I, I could talk about Donald Duck and Bugs Bunny, and they'd say, I do. They're just so. But, but what you committed sounded something like this, that I will be true to only you. I will be faithful to you in sickness and in health. In poverty and in wealth, forsaking all others, I'll be true only to you. Remember all that? Kind of. It's a commitment and eyes full of love and warm, fuzzy compassion. I will. I do. But God said for us to cleave. In our connections, God being the first. The second most important connection, and I tell our young people and I tell our young couples, the second biggest decision that you will ever make in your life, second only to your decision to follow Christ, is the person you choose to do life with. That's why it is so important for you to know that person. You haven't had a fight yet, you don't know each other. 
Oh, you need to see how they operate when it's not warm and fuzzy. Do you have a job? How long have you been there? How much do you make? Do you have good credit? What is your credit score? How about mom and them? Tell me about how you were raised. Yeah. You believe in God? Uh, Let me get more specific. Do you believe in Jesus? Let me get really down to it. Have you been washed in the blood? Have you been filled with the Spirit? Do you have the Holy Ghost? Are you a tither? Oh, that's okay. I prayed and I fasted. I can preach this even if you sit there like a, like a statue. But you need to know these things. The Bible says to not be unequally yoked together. Amen. A lot of people have jumped into a situation out of desperation or out of feeling that they're, they're, they're pressured by other people. Let me tell you something. After, after the ceremony, let me just say, after the honeymoon, it gets real. Amen. You better know, you better know who you're saying yes to. I believe this is so important. This is not just marriage class 101, but this ties relationship number two uh, directly involves relationship number one. Because if the home is divided, you will never be your best for Jesus. If you marry an unbeliever and they're pulling the opposite way and you're trying to pull the right way, Somebody over time is going to win. And most of the time, the unbeliever and the uncommitted pulls down the one who was once committed and faithful. Amen. Today I will not say much about our relationships with our children, but I am going to be hitting that maybe even next week because... I believe that we need to bring our families closer together. Satan is after your family. The enemy comes not but to steal and to kill and to destroy. He wants to kill your marriage. He wants to destroy your relationship. He wants you to have divided loyalties. But if two come together as one, And the fear and the admonition of the Lord. There is no devil. There is no spirit. There is no trial that can break up nor cast aside a husband and a wife that is completely and totally committed their lives to Jesus Christ. Their life will stand the test of time, trial, death of loved ones, financial hardship. At the end of it all, you will be standing there still serving God together. Here in the next few minutes, I just want to peel back and layer a few things that the Scripture has to say about marriage. The family is under attack like never before. Amen? Transgenderism, nonsense. 
Well, they say there are like a hundred different genders now. I, I in all and all due humility, I want to ask, what kind of nut are you? But let me tell you something. What what you're seeing right now, the absurdity that you're seeing in a world, in our world, is what a world looks like when you remove God from it. Man is left to his own best thinking. That's that's this is what you get. When you push God out of the way. But our world is so messed up. Transgenderism, same-sex marriage, no marriage. Everything is okay with our sick and sinful society and culture. And I do not apologize for that. And I stand on the Word of God. God ordained marriage. Marriage was God's creation between one man and one woman. His name was Adam, and her name was Eve. It was not Madam and Eve, or Adam and Steve. God called them Adam and Eve. Well... I thought I'd get a shout after that, but marriage was and is God's creation. Why don't we just leave it like God intended it to be? The woman was taken from man's side, not from his head for her to reign or rule over him, nor from his foot for her to be beneath Him, but from His side for her to be forever beside Him. The Bible says that two should become one flesh. Amen. Your priority should be God first. Not to be ugly, but I've heard even some in this church say, my family is the most important thing in my life. You need to rearrange your priorities. The God that gave you your family should be first. Amen. But family needs to be second. Then your finances, your livelihood, your, your career, your, your education, everything else they have degree of merits and importance, absolutely, but God first, family second. Can I hear an amen in the house? Before you became a family, you were a couple. And it's so important that you sow into your marriage. Continually, perpetually, and intentionally. We believe in it so much here at New Life to where every month we have marriage workshops. Amen. Our church spends hundreds of dollars a month to pay for child care and meals so it will be free for the couples to come because we believe in so much that the strong home builds strong communities. Strong communities and strong believers build strong churches. And together we fulfill the commission of Jesus Christ. Might I encourage you, if you're married today, 
to make plans to come and sow into your marriage. You might say, well, my marriage is not in trouble. That's good. You're doing something right. Only two reasons. We got a marriage workshop this week. Come, get connected with other couples who are believers. That's important. If any in here, if you're married to an unbeliever or a person that's injured or weak in their faith, bring them to the marriage workshop. Let them connect with other believers. Change the influences, change the life. Only two reasons to come to workshop. If your marriage is great, you need to keep it great. Another reason is if it's in trouble, you need to fix it. Either way, come and be a part of that. Once a year, we do a marriage retreat, and we entitle it also Cleave. That is the name of our marriage workshop. Some of you have been wearing those t-shirts for years and didn't even know what Cleave meant till this morning. Hey, you going to Cleave? Everybody Cleave? Cleave. Now you know what Cleave is, right? means committed one to another, closely, unwaveringly, and in total agreement with each other as much as is possible. You're not going to agree on every little thing of everything. I'm not talking about favorite colors and favorite cars and even favorite food. The only fight Sandra and I have ever had has been over food. I'm wanting home style and she's wanting a taco. She said, amen. It's the first time I've heard her say amen, amen in months, right there. I'm kidding. I thank God for a good, strong, Holy Spirit-filled wife that walks beside me. Amen. It's so important to sow into your marriage. It's so important that you be spiritually matched together. So many couples grow apart when life happens. When children come, the focus all goes to the children. And I I, I get that to some degree. But for the marriage to survive, it has to be given the necessary ingredients for it to stand the test of time. First of all, let me say, never make the mistake of stop dating just because you got married. I got her now. Lay back on the couch, rubbing your full tummy and her with the clicker. Yeah. Hey, can you give me some more tea? You might play that off for a while. Sooner or later, if you and 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 I could I could give some other one-liners for the women, but but you get what I'm talking about. When you quit romancing your love the love will burn out. I don't know what the hundreds of people I have counseled in 26 years of pastoring. I don't know how many times and don't care to know how many times I've heard say, we just fell out of love. And it got quiet in here. Woo, I might have a good altar call today. I don't know. but Truth of the matter is, Either one or both parties quit sowing into the marriage what was needed for it to be healthy and happy. Man, I'm on thin ice, boy. That's that's the quietest you've been all day. You remember when you were dating? 
Wives, I need you to speak up here. Remember when he was dating you? Oh, man, he used to, I made her not talk about flowers. I hadn't bought none of them in a while, but. Remember, remember how it didn't matter if he did work late, he was still coming over. Remember, it, it, remember it didn't matter how bad the weather was. I mean, he would come see you in a hurricane. Remember that? Special, thoughtful things, cards and dinners out and special. Christy, you're waving awful heavy over there. Amen. Your relationship is kind of like a campfire. If you want a big fire, you put a lot of wood on it. If you want a little fire, you put a little bit of wood on it. And if you want it to go out, you quit putting wood on it. Some of you have not fallen out of love You just need to put back into the marriage the things that you used to sow into it that made it so wonderful as it once was. Man, I I don't think I miss God, but man, this this is awful tense in here today. There is a 100% chance your marriage will survive. And be great if both husband and wife put into it what God says. Amen? It is a mutual and an intentional focus and commitment to each, for each one to sow into each other the things that feeds their need to feel loved. Not just tolerated. If your marriage has grown into obligation and toleration, you better retrieve it before it's totally gone. I want to tell you, and I'm not trying to be over-spiritual, but the enemy wants nothing more than for you to be apart. I'm just going to be candid and be appropriate here, but and I'm going to talk about this in a moment. Intimacy is a huge part of a relationship, marriage. Anything regarded that outside of marriage is called fornication. So the devil wants to position you in a place to where you're going to be tempted And, 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 you know, let me just help you with something. Everybody has baggage. I don't care if you was raised in the church. You were like John the Baptist, come out of your mother's womb full of the Holy Ghost. You came with some baggage. And it always looks greener on the other side. But let me tell you something. That green grass usually grows around the septic tank. It's green on the surface, but when you get down digging into it, you're like, whoo, boy, was I wrong. (laughs) 
Years ago, Dr. Gary Chapman wrote a famous book, many of you are familiar with it, entitled The Five Love Languages. It has sold more than 20 million copies. Some of you need to buy it today. Five love languages. Number one, I'm just going to give them to you because this is so important. Young people, those of you that aren't even married, you need, you need to hear your pastor today. Five love languages. You need to, when you consider a person you consider and committing your life to, you need to know how they interpret love. Number one would be acts of service. Amen. That means, you know, you do something for the other, and that just speaks the world to them. That tells them that you love them more than any other thing. Another thing maybe would be for another person, their love language would be receiving of gifts. You give them a gift, nothing speaks to them that you love them like them getting that gift. Her name, I mean, it's Sandra. (laughs) Number three, others interpret the love language as quality time spent with each other. That's a big one. You might say, well, that's small. No, it's not small. You know that time is the only irreplaceable commodity you have? You can get more money. You can get another car. You can get more clothes. You can even get more friends, but you can't get more time. So when you spend quality time with someone, there's no greater statement of saying, I love you enough to invest Something that I have a limited amount of that I can get no more of, you mean that much to me. That speaks love to some. Others would be words of affirmation. We need to hear randomly, I love you. If you're only hearing, I love you too. Something's wrong with that. I'm words of an affirmation guy. I, I want to hear it. You know how you pick around with each other and you've married, been married a while? Every once in a while, just for fun, I'll walk through the house, just me and Sandra, and I'll say, who? She says, you, baby. <laughs> who do you love? Who? Not that that's not a how how call. That's a that's a love call. What that's saying is I want to hear it one more time. So when she says you baby, not long after that I try to come with a gift. Maybe. But to make my point, here's what I want you to get to, but to make my point. When she speaks my language, I speak her language, and vice versa. And then the fifth is physical touch. I know about every man in here be like, amen. I'm not talking about the full-blown picture of intimacy. Sometimes I'm talking about just Riding down the road and person reaches over your, your spouse and lays their hand on top of yours. 
No conversation, no nothing. Walk through the mall. Your spouse reaches over and gets you by the hand. We look like senior citizen sweethearts. We walking down the mall. Chances are, if you watch us more than five minutes, you'll see us hold each other's hand. Guys, I'm really messing you up with all this here. Acts of service, I missed that one. I could have said opening the car door for them. Remember last time I preached, I hit on that, man. I, I got tickled. I walked out in the parking lot. For several weeks, I saw guys opening the car doors for the wives. I haven't seen that in a while, so I, I needed to hit on it again, you know. Words of affirmation, and you shouldn't have to ask for it. Anything you have to ask for is answered by obligation. And if you're dating and you have to chase that joker, I mean... You need to let them go. If you're having to chase them, let them go. That's not it. If you're having to compromise your spiritual convictions for them, let them go. That's not it. If they don't have the same values of honesty and integrity, good money management, good common sense, which by the way is not common, let them go. Because when God gives you someone, come on somebody, you won't have to sacrifice any of the things God tells us to look for to settle for less. You ought to give the Lord a hand clap right now and say amen in this place. Five love languages. Communication breakdown seems to be at the root of every failed marriage. But some of that is not because you aren't talking, but because you are speaking different languages. Guys, if your love language is physical touch, and hers is not, if she doesn't respond to you the way, I mean, I, when, when you try to touch her with what touches you and it, it doesn't work, don't, don't get all upset. It just, it just might be you, you're not speaking her language and vice versa. When you sow into each other the things that say, I love you, you are, you are on your way to a happy life. How many ever heard the little cliche says, happy wife, happy life? And the women said, all right, all right. I'll cue you alone, but you're going you're gonna to wake up here in a minute. It is so imperative that our marriages be healthy because dysfunctional marriages produce dysfunctional children and dysfunctional families. Amen. Jesus said in Mark 3, 25, and this is not pertaining to marriage, but, but, it, but, it, but it very well could include it. It says, if a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. Satan is a master of division. He wants to come in between you and your spouse. He wants to divide your house. Satan is the master of division. Division in the home, division in the marriage, division with your children or with your parents, 
Division within the church. We've all seen that, haven't we? Satan knows that what he can divide, he can eventually conquer. United we stand. Divided we fall. The Bible says that a threefold cord is not easily broken. Amen. It's not just a twofold cord. It's not just you and your spouse. The third cord is your God. When you are tied closely to each other and tied closely to God, come on, somebody. That threefold cord is not, cannot, and will not, if you hold tight, be broken ever and ever. We should be led spiritually enough to quickly recognize the enemies of unity and safeguard against them. Matthew 5, 23, Jesus says, Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother and then come offer your gift. So you don't think for a moment that your horizontal relationships affect your vertical relationship? What are you going to do with this verse? And this is not pertaining to marriage. How, how much so the more in our own homes with our own life partner is it necessary for us to have unity? Amen. How about this one, getting back to the marriage connection. Look at the screen with me. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7 says, Husbands, likewise, dwell with them with understanding, with the wives, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel, and being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. How many of you ever read that before? What are you saying? is get it right in the home or it's going to affect your ability to get a prayer through to heaven. You can't have murder in your heart wanting to choke each other and cussing and unforgiveness. Yeah, I know some of you, you you get it all right. Some of you fought on the way to church this morning. Get out of the car grinning. Praise the Lord. Oh, hey, brother. I, I, I see through that. Get back in the car two miles from home. I still ain't forgot what you said. <laughs> it's so important for us to be one with our companion. Good communication. Prayer together. Devotion together. You're supposed to be pulling in the same direction, not two different directions. Amen. Did you know that marriage conflict can hinder your prayers to God? Apparently so. From the scripture we just read. How about this one? Ephesians chapter 5 verse 22 says, Wives, submit submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church. And He is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands and everything. I know that's not popular, but that's the word. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave Himself for her, 
that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. Agape love. Amen. Study it sometime. It's a Greek word. About four or five different words for love in the Greek language. It's agape love. Let me tell you what agape love is. Agape love is an unconditional love. Agape love is not a performance-based love. What if Christ only loved us according to our performance? And we just read because Christ loved us like that. Husbands, we are to love our wives unconditionally. It is not a performance-based love. Let the church say amen. The first verse said for wives to submit to their own husbands, not someone else's. Just saying. Men love that scripture. Some guys don't even know where it's at. They know a couple scriptures. That's one of them. Woman, the Bible says submit. So you submit. And that usually gets met with fangs and fingernails. But here's the deal. It can't work. If you have a husband that will not lead and a wife that will not follow. Men, you are to be the priest of your home. You are to be the intercessor between God and your family. You shouldn't have to be drug along by your belt to come to church and to pray. It shouldn't be the wife's job to say we need to get the kids in church. It should be the man that steps up and says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. Priest, you are to be the priest of your home first. And the provider. The Bible says if any man will not provide for his own, he is worse than an unbeliever and has denied the faith. It's not your wife's job to bring home the bacon and you not work. No punchline, that was it. I mean, you like waiting like, that was it. You made them babies, it's your job to take care of. It's not the wife's job, it's not the government's job. Comes down to a dirty little four-letter word. W-O-R-K. Work. I'm totally out of my notes, I'm never going to get done. Let let me get back to my notes here. I'm... (laughs) 
Let, let, let me say this to the scripture. This is written to Christian, faith-believing, blood-washed, spirit-filled children of God. A wife cannot submit to a husband that will not live nor serve God. Cannot. Amen. When you're divided in your home, it not only poisons your own relationship, but there's some little eyes. If you have children, they're taking in everything. They're watching everything. Let me tell you something. When one is a believer and the other one is not, or when one is committed and the other one isn't, those children, it's just human nature. They're going to gravitate to take the side of the one who is traveling the low road. And the believing parent should never have to beg the unbelieving parent to do what's right just so the kids do not grow up messed up and without knowing Jesus. Amen. So it takes both to make it work. It is so important to marry someone that you agree with spiritually. The Bible does not condemn marrying out of your race. But it does condemn marrying out of the faith. I don't care the color of their skin or what nationality they are. I don't care where they're from, if they're rich or poor. The first question you need to ask, are you a believer? Have you been washed in the blood? Have you been baptized in His name? Have you been filled with the Holy Spirit? Do you live a God-honoring life? If the first question is no, save the rest. I saved I was about done before I got real tough, so I'm that means I'm about tough here. I'm I'm about done rather. Make sure, triple sure, that before you say I do and I will to someone for a lifetime commitment that they love Jesus more than they love you. Born again, washed in the blood of Christ, filled with the Holy Ghost. You are bringing a lifetime of struggle and compromise into your home and poison into the minds and lives of your children if you don't get that part right. If you are married to an unbeliever, you will have to be extra committed to being the influencer and not being the influence. For those you're already married, but maybe your mate is not a believer or maybe... Maybe a wounded believer. Maybe someone whose faith has been injured. Keep praying for them, but you step up and you do what you know to do. You put God first. Bring those children to the house of God. You be what you need to be. And through your commitment to Christ, the Holy Spirit will begin to work on the heart of either that unbelieving or that wounded believing spouse of yours. Amen. Intimacy, I've already hinted on it, is a huge factor in a marriage. I want to read to you these verses because it's so important. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. You didn't know the Bible covered all this, did you? 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1. Now concerning the things of which you wrote to me, Paul is writing in the form of a letter. It is good for a man not to touch a woman. Nevertheless, because of sexual immorality, let each man have his own wife, and let each woman have her own husband. 
Let the husband render to his wife the affection due her, and likewise also the wife to her husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body. Husbands? Amen! But the husband does. <laughs> and likewise, get this, and likewise the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Do not deprive one another except... Guys, something's backwards in this church here. Do not deprive one another except with consent for a time that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together so that Satan does not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Intimacy should never be withheld as a tool from your mate or a weapon or a bargaining leverage tool. It is wrong and can lead to someone else meeting that need. (laughs) Faithfulness to each other must remain a lifetime commitment. I've joked around a little bit, but let me just get serious here for a moment. The internet and pornography is destroying marriages and families every day. Churches and not many pastors will talk about it because a lot are hirelings and they just want to pat everybody on the head and roll on. But I want to just tell New Life today. I can't give an account for every church because I only pastor New Life. But let me tell you what the Word says. Matthew 5.28 Jesus said, but I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Internet, wrong websites, pornography, we don't talk about it. It is an epidemic, even in houses of faith. It is the so-called, what is thought to be the secret sin that people can be involved in in the wee hours of the night or by the privacy of their own cell phone and nobody know about it. But let me tell you something. It is a poison that's going through your eyes, past your mind. It is poisoning the very fibers of your soul. It will undermine your relationship. It will cause you to live in a fictitious world that you think exists that does not. Then you start being hateful with your spouse and you start, you start comparing them to all the garbage you've put in your mind. And that little wife that's gave you children, now you're condemning her body from the marks that it took to give you a child. Wives, I need a little help up in here. It's not fair, it's not right, and it's not godly. The Bible says that we are to set no wicked thing before our eyes. And women, if you are a God-fearing wife, you will dress in modesty and carry yourself like a lady, not a woman. You are a woman by birth. You are a lady by choice. 
Don't be showing your stuff that only your husband needs to see. I'm not grinning on that one. I'm dead serious on that. Amen. What you looking at? What you showing? You little walking billboard. My only job is to save as many people from the burning eternal fires of hell that I possibly can. And I'm going to tell you something. The internet, pornography, and all of the illicit, ungodly immorality is going to take a multitude of people that have even met Jesus down the tube. Now is the time for you to come closer to your spouse like never before. Now is the time for you to come closer to your God than ever before. Now is the time to get some strength, get a confession partner, get an accountability partner, get a fasting life, get a prayer life, get a commitment. If you can't control the cell phone, get you one of those little flip phones. Get internet taken off of it. And for those of you parents who are putting cell phones in the hands of your children, unregulated and unfiltered, shame on you. You wouldn't put, you wouldn't put a loaded handgun and it cocked in their hand, would you? Oh God, I'd never do that. Why? It's because they could have an accident and it killed them. But let me reason with you. As awful as that scenario is, that's killing the temporary. But when you give them something to poison and kill their soul, that is condemning them eternally. If they get wrapped up in something they never get freed of, God help us to come closer. Can I have an amen in the house? Amen. If the music would come, can we stand together while I give you my last few comments here? Wrong actions begin as wrong looks that produce wrong thoughts which lead to destructive decisions and choices. Church, it is time to come closer. The day of Christ is at hand. Our world is decaying around us. Come closer to your spouse. Drop the anger. Let go of the unforgiveness. Quit nagging and keeping score. Today is the first day of your future. Your marriage can be whatever the two of you together choose it to be. Today I'm asking you to recommit to each other. I don't care even if your marriage is perfect. Make a fresh commitment today. And make a fresh commitment to your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I want our ministry team go ahead and make your way up. And I want my wife to come up. And I want you, if you're married and your spouse is here today, feel free. I want to have prayer over all the couples in here today. If you want to come up, feel free to do that. Come now.
If not, then just grab your spouse's hand in the seat where you are. This is still a new year. We want to do it right. Come close. Others are coming. They're coming by the groves. Come in close. Next to your relationship with Jesus. This relationship right here will be the biggest decision you will ever make in your life. Today, I'm going to pray over our marriages and I want us to come heart to heart. I want us to come closer together. Can we do that? I'm going to pray and I'm going to pray for all of us, but I want you to pray. Don't allow just me to pray. I want each one of you, however you pray, out loud, silent, have at it. Pray over you and pray over your marriage. All over the building, can we pray together right now? Father God, Lord, I pray over every marriage that is represented in this house today. God, you chose the institution of marriage with a husband and his wife cleaving close together, one with another. Father, I pray for fresh commitments to be made today. God, I pray for old hurts and wounds to be healed today. God, I pray for old unforgiveness to go away. I pray for a fresh hope, a fresh fervor. God, I pray for a passion and a desire. God, to be the best husband or be the best wife that we could be. But Father, all these Christian believers who are here today all over this building, God, I lift them up to you and our devotion is first of all to you, then to each other. God, I pray for your Holy Spirit, God, to rest upon each home and upon each family and upon each marriage. We just want you in our life. We want to come closer to you. In Jesus' name, can you raise your hands all over this building? Come on, can you talk to Him? We pray, now I want you to give Him thanks with your mouth out loud. Father, I thank You for my marriage. I thank You for my wife. I thank You for my husband. God, I thank You for loving us. God, I thank You for our home. God, I thank You for our children. God, we honor You with our life. We commit to each other and we freshly commit to you today. God, we pray for your anointing and power and spirit to live in our lives, to live in our marriage, to fill our homes with your presence. God, as we go from this house today, Lord, I pray for your blessing upon each and every one under the sound of my voice. God, keep your angels round about us. Cause your face to shine upon us and draw our hearts closer to your heart. Until we come again, I pray for your protection, grace, and peace to rest upon your people. And everyone said, Amen. In Jesus' name. God bless you. Be friendly and shake a hand. Thank you for listening to New Life Today with Lawson Whitson. We hope that this message equipped you and empowered you to live the Christian life. We would like to invite you to attend one of our dynamic services, either in person or online. Visit nlcjc.org, that's nlcjc.org, for the campus and service times that work for you. Be sure to connect with us on social media, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram. We look forward to being with you next time on New Life Today with Awesome Winston.